Hang on, let me shut the volume on this. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to move a bit closer, I think. Oh, yeah. A bit like that, is it? If only people knew where we were sat there under the pants. You're listening to e commerce talk brought to you by Digital Startup, signposting the road to e commerce success. Hey everyone, it's Craig here at Digital Startup, and I'm here with Mark. Hello, guys. And today I'd like to talk about a very easy, uh, a very quick win that you can do if you have a business right now or if you're planning to sell goods in the future. Just some considerations to make, and that will all be revolved around average order values. So, Mark, what is an average order value? Okay, so average order values, um, some people might know them as ATVs or AOVs, they're, they're all basically the same. That's and average transactional value yeah. and average basket, basket value. Yeah, value. Yeah, average basket. There's loads of different names for it, isn't it? Yeah, but it's basically a simple calculation of the amount of money you take in a given set period, maybe a week, month, whichever you're using, and you basically divide that by the amount of orders you took, and that gives you your AOV. Now, that may fluctuate depending on what you're selling, um, but I think you'll always find it within a certain tolerance of a percentage, maybe two, five, ten percent. The trick is with this the AOV. If you can move that slightly, the knock-on effect to the bottom line can be massive, you know. And I know you've got a calculation. Of, yeah. So I, before we started, I quickly ran some numbers, uh, some very simple numbers. But for some reason, I needed a calculator because my <laughs> brain wasn't with it. <laughs> um, so if over a course of a month you make one thousand pounds and you uh, do 50 transactions, that means that your average order value is £20. But what if I want to make £1,200 the month after, assuming that you'll get 50 transactions again? So if I want to make an extra £200, then uh, over 50 transactions, I need to increase my average order value by just £4. So if I can get my average order value to £24, and I do 50 transactions, that's an extra two hundred pounds I can I can be mm. making, and that's and that's from regular business. So say so let's say for example that these guys are repeat customers, or you're getting in a good influx of new mm. customers. It, it, mm. Increasing that average order value value is it just makes sense. It's much easier than bringing in new business. Mm-hmm. They've so, already found you basically, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, so. exactly. So I mean, if we just go back to this twenty four pound again. So next month, if I want to make the extra two hundred pounds, that either means that I'm going to have to do another what ten transactions, mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah. that's that's ten new customers that I would need, or I can just expand on what we can make from the existing customers. I think a good example of this is always you know when you go and buy a pair of shoes. And you buy a pair of shoes. Not that you've done that recently, Craig. Uh, just saying from what you're wearing. Uh, and uh, you buy a pair of shoes, and they always try and sell you the uh, the sealant, don't they? The oh, do you need any protector for that? That's how they're trying to increase the average order value. It, depending on what you're selling, again, if it's an if what you're selling needs a particular assisted sell, it might be a particularly awkward product. Might be very technical. So we've both worked in what they call a brick and mortar store, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's very easy to increase your average order value in a shop uh, because when you're speaking to your customer, as you said, they're buying a pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. You can say, oh, wouldn't it be handy if you had some shoelaces with that 
or yeah, exactly. a pair of socks or whatever the case may be. Yeah, so you, you're quite right in the sh- in the shoe shop, it's uh, shoelaces, etc. But online, it, it's obviously more difficult. You're not possibly not speaking to that customer directly, although you may be leaving, using live chat. So what you need to do is present customers with the opportunity to buy other products that are related to what they're buying. I think there's several good sites that do that. Uh, it's it's like Amazon. You go onto Amazon, you buy something, and, and all of a sudden they'll, they'll show you the batteries that you need for it and things like that. Uh, and that, well, we know it as that, that, that being cross-selling. Yeah, so these are making products appear that are related to the product that the person is looking at that the person might be be useful. As you say, your shoelaces. Let's use that as the example. So if you buy a pair of shoes online, those shoelaces are related to the shoes that the person are looking for. If you can get that and present that really well and make that journey for that customer easy, the percentage of shoelaces you will sell will grow instantly. You'll make more money on that. Your AOV will go up. And, and also it might be a case of because you buy more shoelaces, you get them at a cheaper price and therefore you make on every single pair that you sell. Yeah, so that's just one method of increasing your average order value without having to find new customers to sell to. Uh, another way of increasing your average order value is by upselling. So again, I'm going to use Amazon again as a, as a great example. I recently bought a camcorder. The reason why I ended up buying that particular model is that the one that I had my eye on for a while ended up having um, like a, this item is obsolete or this yes it's a newer item yeah available there's a newer item available and so i ended up spending an extra 50 quid that's great doing it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um i think that's a great example yeah especially with technology because technology moves so quickly uh, i think if you're doing that it's great to push people towards the new models you know so yeah but again in a brick and mortar store that's quite an easy thing to do because you can engage your customer in a conversation and go you know what yeah i'm listening to you maybe this would be better and you can move them onto the next model or onto the next version um, of what you're trying to sell yeah i think i think uh, with what you're saying there in store it's much easier to get across features and benefits of the either the upsell or uh, the i hate calling them add-ons um, mm-hmm. i always hated that term it's something that kind of we grew up with as we came through business it's more essentials normally but um if you can point out the features and benefits of buying those shoelaces, because otherwise your shoes are going to fall off, those people will start seriously thinking about that. I mean, like I say, when you're trying to do that online, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're trying to do that online, it's difficult because you're trying to put the features and benefits across to the customer, maybe as a bullet point. Um, well, that's what it would generally come across as something in the description or something as a bullet point. But I think something we've learned over the years is that our customers don't read. Yeah, and it's strange that it, what you'll see is everybody will talk about content on a website, and I think that's that's great if you are a news feed or a news outlet content, you know, blogs and things like that are really great. But when you're trying to sell something, yeah, and, and, and Craig and myself recently saw uh, some UX testing on a website that we were working on, and we were watching people actually use the website yeah it was really interesting yeah. wasn't it we kind of learned some things yeah where... because actually a lot of people didn't read the text that it took me hours to put on the website most people didn't even look at it they were very image driven very uh, looking for inspiration so i think there's more about what that product is and how it's presented that will sell it yes it still needs the content because at some point and it's if it's a 
an add-on or an essential or an upsell that they are interested in, they're going to want to look at why they should do that. So that's features and benefits again. So you need that content. But the way that that is presented to them at that point, they're looking at the other model. If you can present that in an interesting way or an eye-catching way and and make it, oh, what's that? And want to click into that, you already got them on the hook. If you then can back that up with the features and benefits, the chances are they will buy that product. And going back to plonking some text on a page, because... <laughs> It's 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 always been drilled into my head that content is king. Yes, or that absolutely. phrase, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And you, 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 like you said, you spent hours trying to come up with inspirational or motivating descriptions like I don't know, the beauty of the X Y, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the water trickling over the mountain that yeah. fills your bottle of water will <laughs> yeah. make you feel youthful again. Yeah. And all that. Yeah, no one reads it. It might yeah. be good for SEO. Yeah, absolutely. But, There's two parts to this, isn't yeah, there? And it, but but, but yeah, no one reads it. So, so it's great for SEO because you're getting your keywords in there, which is something we'll probably cover on at another, another point, uh, another podcast even. Um, but actually, in the initial stages, people want to see that image. Yeah, exactly. Um, and browse everything else. It's, it, it was basically what we saw when, when they were doing the UX testing was, where's the picture? Where's the buy button? Yes, yeah. Uh, and, and if people are interested in that product, I think I, I learn about a lot about people who are online shopping. Yes, there's obviously a lot of people use it to compare things and, and browse and learn things. And I think that's possibly a, a group of people that are, like to do their research. I'm one of those people. Yeah, if yeah. I'm buying a new mobile or whatever, I do a lot of research. But actually, depending on what, the, what product you're selling and whatever you're selling, you'll know your market better than me and Craig do. That. Actually, yeah, they wanted the transaction to be quick. They'd gone online expecting, A, for it to be fast, B, for you to meet their expectations, whatever those are, and C, to basically click a buy button and buy it. And that was the decision done and dusted. They didn't want that shopping experience to be more than 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever. You know, They really wanted it to be quite instant, which makes sense when I think about what I buy off Amazon or or Argos, or all these brand names that we know mm -hmm. in the UK, assuming that you people know what Argos is in somewhere else in the world. Um, you want that, that experience to be quick. And I think websites have got so good now, the way that the, the architecture of a website is set Amazon's one-click buy. Is yeah, it one absolutely. Is it, yeah. If you set that up totally, it's dangerous, that is. Trust me. If the architecture of the website is set up well, and I, and I know Craig will cover that at some point, actually, this, the, the experience can be minutes and I think that's what people look for. They're on the go. A lot of people are buying on mobiles. We, you know, we, we've been told a thousand times that the mobiles is growing and purchasing on mobiles is yeah, growing. Yeah. And even more so, so if, you're, if, if your website is uh, mobile friendly, you've got to make sure that those add-ons, stroke essentials, upsells, cross-sells, which we really haven't covered just yet, but um, are presented in a way that is friendly for that as well because the percentage of people buying mobiles is up. Yeah, and... Like I said, less is more. Mm -hmm. and, and and one thing that I wanted to try and come back to in terms of uh, maybe uh, getting across an upsell product or a cross-sell product is media. Everyone seems to love videos. So instead of having your features and benefits in a bullet point format, I'd consider uh, maybe product videos that, are, that you'll find on YouTube or whatever medium that you use or creating your own videos to to engage with the customer because it's really easy to click a you know play button on a video mm. sit back and really do nothing apart from see loads of 
you know images on yeah. the screen form a video than it is to actually sit there and read all these bullet points that yeah. are more often than not boring so i think everyone's become uh, desensitized to reading it absolutely and live mm. chat as well i think it's a great opportunity to Yes, I know. He's looking, you, at me, he's looking at me weird right now because I have mixed feelings about he's, live he's chat. He's converted. <laughs> I'm still on the fence. But with live chat, it gives you the opportunity for a customer to ask any questions. And maybe at that point during live chat, you can move them to a, a better, more expensive product or, or advise them on um, cross-selling additional things that they might need with their product. Um, yeah, that's the point I'm trying to make. So... If you're trying to do any upselling or cross-selling, rather than just plonk a load of text on the screen, just think outside the box a little bit, because I don't know whether you agree with me or not, I just find videos, potentially even live chat, more eye-catching and engaging than text on the screen. I think that's as close as you can possibly get to an assisted sell online without somebody ringing your call center or your customer service team is, is live chat. Um, you know, We've used it several times. Uh, I used it only the other day to find something out um, from uh, my broadband supplier, oddly enough. And I think that's a, a medium that's often overlooked. I think people see it as a a pain to to use and they feel that the sometimes that the, the live chat can be unresponsive and, and things like that. But actually, it's a really great selling tool. And I know of several sales in our business that, that we're currently uh, working in where we've gained extra sales from that because people don't have the confidence to ask a question possibly on the phone and they won't therefore they I won't hate buy. ringing people yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. as, yeah, as yeah, a customer too, yeah. I hate having to call somebody I was on the phone to my internet service provider the other week um, 12 minutes it took for somebody to answer the phone my experience was really crappy it left me a bit annoyed um, another reason why I don't like making phone calls to people if if I see live chat I'd rather ask my very quick question in there uh, or send an email I just I kind of find the phone very intrusive and I don't know I just I, mm. I hate phones yeah yeah no no I, I, do, I do understand that as I say I used it the other day um, and I think it's a great way of, of getting those additional sales to get that average order value up as are upsells no <laughs> Cross-sells. <laughs> Got it the wrong way around. Get it right. So, yeah, sorry, so before, in case you're confused, upsells is when you try and move somebody from product A to product B, and product B makes you more money than product A. Cross-selling is when you sell the product, like a pair of shoes, and you say, perhaps you'd like these laces with it. So it basically, that would tend to happen possibly at the basket point where people are starting to check out. That this this is where you try and cross-sell them the, the shoelaces. They've looked at the shoes. The cross-sell would be right at the end of the transaction. So you know that they're going to buy that pair of shoes, but that doesn't mean that's the end of the journey for the customer, that you can get them to have the shoelaces at the end. Now, depending on what theme you're using and things like that with Magento, that would tend to be at the basket point. Something that I know that, that where we're currently working on, the site we're currently working on, hadn't done uh, up until recently, and we've introduced that. And yeah, the cross sales was overlooked, wasn't it? Yeah. We never really thought about it or considered it. Yeah, we, I th and I think as what we learned from the UX testing was when the, when the people went onto the site, they were wanted to be presented with every option, and we weren't doing that. We, so, we assumed that yes. they knew what they wanted and they absolutely. didn't. No, absolutely. Yeah. Not. And then they wanted to be presented with if you buy A, you need B, C, and D. 
And so we were quite blown away from that and, and having introduced cross sells, which is, as I say, right at the, the end when they're about to transact and say, oh, by the way, you may need these shoelaces or whatever it may be. I think we've been surprised about how many times people have added that to their basket and bought. You know, the, the, the data that we see on Google Analytics and, and through the data that we get has proven that that's done that. And we have moved the, the AOV for the site up by several pounds. Mm. Now, it's a site that's busy. It does lots of transactions. So those several pounds are starting to add up. We've still got a lot of work to do on that. But by doing that, and it was so simple, it was so simple yeah. to do. And it was, it was, as you said, it was overlooked. Uh, and I think that's a real winner for everyone. It doesn't, it, this doesn't just apply to products though, it also applies to services. So, um, recently I went away on a holiday and I was booking my holiday and I got to the checkout and their way of, of cross-selling, I guess yeah. it was, Still was by saying, yeah, it was by saying, if you cancel, then you'll lose all your money or something. Mm -hmm. But if you simply pay 14 pounds, then if you cancel, we'll only steal 10% of the money you've given us so far. So like a flexi rate stroke, you get a flexible rate. I don't know, but I bought it. it. Yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> I bought it, it worked. It worked, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think you were gonna say, I've done it with airlines, so I've booked flights before, and then you, and, and you can show you can do a cross sell after as well. So once I got the confirmation email, um, in this email, it got all my booking details, but it also said, why don't you treat you know, yourself to a bottle of champagne on the flight mm, or whatever, yeah. which I did from me and the good lady. And um, I, bought, uh, I bought a bottle of champagne to be up for on the flight there and then. It was a, on offer or whatever. Mm. And I bought it, and that was just a different way of cross-selling. That got that transaction up by that extra 20 quid or whatever the bottle was. It was nice champagne, by the way. That's just a different way of cross-selling. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be actually on that site. It can be in follow-up emails, etc. But by simply doing that, you will see, you will see that AOV move instantly, yeah. because as you said at the beginning of this, this isn't about getting more people to the site because they found you. Yeah, exactly. It's about to get more out of those people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, another example of uh, cross-selling with services is that the other half went to buy a car a couple of years ago, and she had her mindset on this car. She had a budget, which I can't remember what it was, two hundred pound a month, and then when she was signing all the paperwork at the ends. They were offering her all kinds of services in terms of, I don't know, car care and whatnot. And that must have easily come into another £60 that she hadn't budgeted for. And and, and, and just imagine that. That's £60 a month if they if we'd said yes. Yeah. Then that's another £60 a month for every car they sell, essentially. I think the trick is present the customer or your customer with all the options. They'll decide if they need it. But by not presenting them with the options and assuming that they know exactly what they want, that they need, you know, they'll know that they need shoelaces. Actually, they won't, they'll order the shoes and then realise they come without shoelaces or, or whatever it may be. Batteries is one. Yes, batteries, yeah. Kids yeah, toys. Yeah. yeah, batteries not supplied. Yeah. You know, we've all seen that written yeah. on, on whatnot. So batteries is a classic, you know, everybody will try and throw batteries at you. But the reason they do that is because people click it and buy it because they want to do it in one transaction. If you're selling electronics and it's batteries, I, I, I would, I think people would be really annoyed if they bought something not realizing it didn't come with batteries. They go looking for batteries and they haven't got any. So mm. I've done that several times where I've just added the batteries. Although we're not Excuse saying me. if you're selling products, take the batteries out of the package. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's some laws against that, I think. But, but anyway, but there you go. So AOV, it's a simple one. Don't overlook it. 
particularly if you're building a new site, and I, and I know kind of this is where we're looking at for, yeah, for we're, people. Yeah, because we've been going back and like fixing... Oh, you know, years worth. Yeah, of, years yeah. worth. Yeah, yeah, years from years ago when where cross selling and upselling wasn't done correctly. We're having to do that historically, and that is much more difficult. And you to will do. thank yourself in the future. Yes, for doing it now. So think about it now as you're setting up your site. You know, you, you're more or less creating a spider's web of this product is linked to that, that product, yeah. which is a cross sell to that product, which is an upsell to that. So think about it when you're doing it. It can be whatever you're selling, there'll be an upsell or a cross sell to it. As you say, a service, a product, whatever it may be, you can sell those cross sells. And what makes it really easy to do that, because it's like, okay, that's great, but how do I do it? Platforms, e-commerce platforms like Magento, Shopify, WooCommerce, and various other ones, they all come with the feature to tag products onto products out of the box, so it's very easy to do. Anyway, setting minimum order values. Uh, well, that, that, that depends on your business model. It really can do depend on your business model. You, there's lots of things to think about that. It's a good one to use if the, whatever you're selling is a reasonable price and uh, it's not. I can't imagine anybody, if you're going, going online to buy batteries, and I know we've been talking about that, you're not going to want to buy £1,000 worth of batteries. I think what that merges into is um, offering free delivery. If you've got a free delivery point, and that's £10 in the case of the site that you were just talking about, that's great because people will upsell that and we see that on a daily basis where people go over our, yeah. our minimum order our our free shipping almost determines what our uh, average order value is yes. within reason yeah yeah it's always one side or the other of the, of our of our minimum order the reason as the site we're working on as a minimum order it's quite a bulky product we have to shift on pallets basically and obviously there's a there's economics behind that where we need to make so much to pay for that pallet to be shipped so that's what i'm saying depending on your business model Yes, by all means use minimum order values. Just be careful with what you're doing with that because you could put people off. Look at your competitors, see what they're doing. If they are looking at a free order value of £15, you might suddenly steal a march on them by doing it at £10. But does do the economics work out on that bottom line? If they don't, don't do it. You just throw money down the drain. But if they're doing it at 15 quid and they've been around for a while and you're trying to get a piece of their market share... Well, they must be doing something and £15 there for a reason. So that would be a great point to start because you're taking one of their unique selling points and using it yourself. So I, th I think it, there's a place for it, definitely. Okay, so another one is bulk discounts. Yeah, again, something that we've played with recently um, where we've done pallet deals on particular items. So if you buy it at uh, 100 of these, you get them at £10 each. But actually, if you buy a 1,000 of these or, or whatever, it's a full pallet, for example... You get them at eight pound each. I think we've been surprised by how well that's gone. It's been targeted at a slightly different audience. You know, we're looking at wholesalers and, uh, and bulk buyers. But whatever you're selling, if that can be done, and you think there's a market where people might buy your product in bulk, again, can still be a service because people do offer packages where it's ten training courses for fifty pound or they're six pound each. Offer it them because I think if you've got the option, your customer will decide what they want. If they if it's in their interest to get the bulk, they will go for the bulk. If it's their interest to buy individually, for whatever reason that may be, um, they will buy it individually. But I think by doing the option to have a bulk one, because what will happen is if you don't do a bulk one, you'll probably get phone calls about people saying, well, will you do a discount for if I buy all 10 courses? So you offer it to them. If you work your numbers through correctly, 
you, I think you'll be surprised at how well that does. When you're setting up your site, and as I said before, this is you know digital startup is really aimed at those people. Think about this now because you will really reap the benefits when you get your site live if you've thought about how you're going to do these cross-sells, upsells, and get your average order. Now, if you're just starting up, you're not going to know what your average order value is. I appreciate that. But by getting these bits right now, your average order value will start off at a much higher point and you could outperform what you've forecast. Don't list a thousand products and then start thinking about upselling because going back and <laughs> linking them, you will hate yourself. Or you'll hire somebody. You'll, you'll have to hire somebody to go back and fix it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I've done lots of this going back historically. And the trouble is because websites are so fluid and products are so fluid that you'll never quite get back to where the point you wanted to. And, and basically, you're, you're going to give your, your customer a poor experience if they're clicking on that product. Well, hopefully that's given you an insight into what average order value is and how to benefit from it. Before we go, I'm going to put you on the spot because you told me something earlier about Bluetooth. And okay. I think it's something worth talking about. It's nothing to do with AOV. I thought it was interesting and I thought it might be worth talking about as this is the kind of stuff we're going to talk about really okay so uh yeah we were talking about bluetooth earlier on and i'm a bit of a a bit of a geek when it comes to phones and and techie sort of things uh and so i i keep my eye on a lot of things with regards to google and and, and also standards so standards being things like apis or wi-fi standards or all the new things that are coming out that we're going to be affected by one of the new things coming out is Bluetooth 5.0. So uh, we all know, I'm assuming we all know what Bluetooth is. Yeah, so but I didn't a, even realise that we'd had one through four, did yeah, I? No, no, absolutely. So most phones currently are using Bluetooth 4.0 or 4.1, which is basically a you know, fourth, fifth iteration of the original Bluetooth standard. And 5.0 is coming out. And the, the reason 5.0 is going to change things is because what it does. So 5.0 gives you a lot more bandwidth. So you can put a lot more data through Bluetooth such as video you'll be able to stream video through bluetooth so you'll be able to connect your phone to a bluetooth dongle in your computer and stream video from your mobile phone if you have mobile phones 5.0 but also what it'll be able to do is put applications into buildings such as and one of the things that is going to be huge going forward and mark my words if you ever hear this podcast will be these beacons that are going to appear in shops so it's a bluetooth beacon you will sign up to basically, and I can imagine the way they're gonna do this is similar, similar to some uh, Quidco and these discount voucher places. And when you sign up to them, probably one of their terms and conditions will be that they're able to send your device vouchers. So if you walk into a store and they have a beacon, they will be broadcasting a small packet of data which will offer 10% off because you're in their store. So you get a reward for going to their store. If you've signed up through Quidco or Top Cashback or all these places, uh, all these affiliates, which will something will come on to another point, you'll be get beamed a voucher to your phone. And I really think that going forward, this is going to be huge. So Bluetooth 4.0 is going to change the way. Another way that's going to use your smartphone is going to become part of your shopping experience. Not only will it beam vouchers to your phone, or you can put several beacons in one store. So if it was a large store and you're in one corner and you walk around to the other corner, the Bluetooth beacon will say, oh, you'll see you're in our floor tile section or whatever it may be. So say um, if I'm in like Best Buy or Asda, you'll yeah. be like, yeah, you're, you're in the bread section. Yeah, you're in the bread <laughs> section. Yeah, as, as daft as it sounds. Do you, do you want a cheap loaf of bread? Yeah, and I won't go into too much of the techie detail, but also what it will do is the data that comes back from the phone, as in 
Um, GPS, it will know where you've been. It will also be able to say how often you visit the store. We'll change the offers that, it, that are beamed to you. So I could imagine Tesco using it in conjunction with their club card, for example. So they will know how many times you've been, whether you've used your club card or not. And if they sent, you know, because your phone's been picked up, you've been in the store 10 times, but you haven't used their club card, I can guarantee you'll get some offer to go and get you to use your club card. So let me just dumb this down a bit because mm. I, this is the way I understood it when you were explaining it to mm. me. I have an app on my phone yep. which gives me access to offers and vouchers for yeah. various high streets, let's say. Yeah. Uh, and you are the owner of a shop and you yes. buy this Bluetooth, what did you call it? I suppose the 5.0 beacon. A beacon. It's a, beacon. a beacon. It's a small short from the one I've seen. Is It's like a little stick. It's like a white little transmitter. So it's That's kind of like uh, a Wi-Fi router. Yes. But for Bluetooth. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. So you've got one in the store. I walk into the store. My phone, assuming Bluetooth's on. Of course, not yes. everyone keeps their Bluetooth No, on, absolutely not. I mean, I need so to turn mine on when I get in a car or... If yeah, I'm see, I leave mine on because mine connects automatically. Mine's so. changed my battery. Maybe 5.0 or something. Yeah. Well, yes. Don't blame my phone. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's your phone. <laughs> so... So, yeah, so um, if I've got Bluetooth on and I have the app, then my phone goes off. Oh, it's yeah. text message. Oh, no, it isn't. You've got yeah. £5 off this chicken. I don't know. Yeah. The chicken's cost more than one. <laughs> yes, they you do get this know free that, chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, free chicken. Um, uh, uh, so, so, yeah, that's a good, a good opportunity to, to reach out a customer when they come into the store. Yeah, and and it will it'll be just more than just vouchers. It, they can welcome you to the store. Um, it'll be whatever you programmed it to do. And there's umpteen, there's two off the top of my head. There was two sort of key standards in here. Two people that do it. One of which, of course, is Google, and they mm. you know they control some of it. But yeah, so I'd imagine at some point all this will get linked in. So you, for example, if you've got a physical store and a website, and you're doing an offer on your website, the customer walks in. Google can pick up there in your store and you've got an offer on the website. Or the customer walks out your shop without buying. Yes, it can direct them. And it, say, hey, you can get this online instead. Yeah, absolutely. Can. One of the other things about Bluetooth 5.0 is the range. So the range can go up to 200 metres in, in, in clear line of sight, whereas currently that's about 10 metres. So you could be downstairs and your Bluetooth will cut off, but 5.0 will change all that. Bluetooth is going to become very similar to Wi-Fi to a degree. Um, as in, it will do a quite a range. You'll be able to shift quite a bit of data through it. It'll never be Wi-Fi to a different standard. This is going to change the way that we use smartphones going forward. In five years' time, we'll be so used to it. Just as now, people go into a coffee shop and expect there to be free Wi-Fi. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We've all done that. This will change what we expect. We'll we'll want to be presented with offers and things like that. Well, let me let me just rewind back a couple of minutes. Mm. You said about. Google and that will be able to track you? Does that mean that, is this like the NSA all over again? <laughs> well, possibly. I mean, the thing with Google is they know so much about you, it's quite scary. And what we know Google know is probably only of half what Google yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And It's uh, not really what they know, it's how they use it, isn't it? Yeah, it's how they use it. And uh, at the end of the day, Google's a money-making machine. And what they do is they want every well, businesses to be able to use data to better sell products to customers we're all customers and we all work for businesses but they want to use it in that way i don't think there's any real nasty stuff in the back end of google there they're storing it all up to blackmail us one day but yeah so they will be able to track your phone so one of the the company i'm currently working for uh, was looking at a trial where google could sense if the phone had been if you'd use your phone to go onto your website it would then track using gps and wi-fi if you ever walked into one of that particular business's stores and then they could attribute a sale 
from what you looked at in the website to what you bought. Um, it was still very early in beta. Uh, the company that I'm currently working for doesn't didn't get on the trial program, but one of our bigger sister companies did. And it's all part of this, and that's where beacons will come in. I think beacons will be able to get the data back out the phone to say, well, actually, yes, he did go into a store, and therefore you can attribute a sale to it. Um, I think that's probably getting a little bit sort of high level. Mm. I can imagine that Google will then say, oh, well, he looked at that on your website. He then bought that in your store. Therefore, that PPC, well, you, we're charging you for that because, you know. And we before prove, we know it, they're yes. going to install uh, eye yeah. tracking on the shelves. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, we walked into is... your store, you looked at this particular um, yeah, loaf of bread. Yeah, Why yeah. am I going back to bread? I don't know, yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it late? Are we not eating? Um, okay, cool. Well, and we can see that, what, as early as next year? Yeah, so 5.0's been signed off, the standard, and they're expecting the first phones with Bluetooth 5.0 to appear. You may see it on the new Google Nexus, but I doubt it. I would imagine it'll be early next year that you see 5.0 coming up. Um, LG have got the V20 coming out very soon, and Apple have got the new iPhone coming out, but I'm led to believe that they won't have 5.0 in it. It's, it, it, it. it's too new to a degree, but expect it next year. And then you will start to see these beacons and these apps will start to appear. Um, it'll be interesting if you, yeah, for all I know, we're talking to somebody who's setting up one of those apps, you know, or, or, or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. might already have it if you're listening to this in the, in, in 2017. Yeah, yeah, we seem to have gone on for a bit, to be fair. So <laughs> mate, I think probably should wrap this one up. But. Yeah, anyway, guys, thank you for joining us today. Hopefully you've learned something regarding average order values and how to best make the most of your sales that are coming through the door. And we will see you next week. Yeah, indeed. Have All a good right. one, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.